Are you ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again? It's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Yesterday, I got an amazing email. A woman who has been listening to me on the radio for a couple of years and now listens to the podcast finally launched her business. She shared with me that she has had this dream, this idea, and now she started an Etsy store and she sent me the link and it's so exciting. And I was sitting there marveling at this woman who's had an idea, had a dream, and I was remembering exactly where she was. Because years ago, not that many years ago, I too had a dream. I had a vision, a calling of sharing this information with you, of inspiring and encouraging and empowering you to live your own dreams but I had no idea how to do it. I had no idea where to turn. I didn't even know where to start. And it got me thinking that maybe you're in the same spot. Maybe you have an idea. Maybe you've been wanting to start a business. Maybe you are sitting on something, whether it is writing a book or it's starting your own Etsy store or it's becoming a coach or it's becoming a consultant or going out on your own and you have wanted to start this business but you have not known how. That is what today's Purpose Girl podcast is all about. All about how I started a business, how you can start a business, what I have learned from the research about our fears, how to get over them so that you can start your own business. And you wanna make sure that you listen until the end because I give you purpose power tips and a special offer in order to get started. So I wanna take you back about 10 years. 10 years ago, I was in my beautiful corporate office I was lucky I had a window and I was wearing a blue pinstripe suit and I was doing work that I liked. I can't even say I hated it. I didn't. I liked my job. And I was sitting in my office and someone I work with came in and she said to me, oh, you have to meet this friend of mine. She is writing a book about women living their purpose. And my heart sank. She was writing a book about living their purpose, women living their purpose. That was my dream. And I became so upset. I became so sad that someone else had taken my dream. Someone else was doing it. Why couldn't I do it? And so that became inspiration for me after a little bit of time. First, it became envy and jealousy and anger and fear. And then I thought, well, if she can do it, can I also do it? And I want to take you back to that moment when I was in the office and my colleague comes in and she tells me this story and my heart sank. I literally had tears coming to my eyes because I had wanted this for so long. I first wanted to do this work way back 10 years before that. I remember my first day of my corporate career. I had just graduated from the University of Michigan. I was like fresh out of college, a month out, starting my first job, living with my parents. And that first day it was like, this is not right. This is not for me. There's something about this that is just not right. And I came home and my parents said, how was it? And my fiance said to me, how was it? And I was like, eh, it's okay. And I just knew then I meant for something else. And then fast forward years, and I share my whole story in episode one, but fast forward, it became so clear to me, all I wanted to do was to empower women. All I wanted to do was to be with you on your journey and tell you you can do it. I wanted to be your cheerleader. But I didn't know how. I kept having these thoughts, well, you know, I. 
I'll probably fail. Who's going to want to listen to me? Who do I think I am to do that? Like, if I put out a a blog or if I put out my words, like, who's going to read that? I don't have a psychology degree. I don't have a business degree. Like, who am I? And I even thought, well, let's say I figured it out. Like, I can't afford that. I can't just leave my job and afford that. And then came some of the worst thoughts. I'm not smart enough to do that. I don't know enough. I'm not successful enough. Have you ever had these thoughts? If you are like me and my friends and so many of my clients, in fact, every one of my clients, you've had some combination of these thoughts. And they all really get down to fear. In fact, the fear of failure is so big in entrepreneurship that it has been studied for decades. And it's very interesting because researchers, Veyland and La Fuente, in 2007, they looked at this fear of failure in entrepreneurship and they realized that this is really about, it's a sociocultural trait. And what it's really about is that we're afraid to fail because we're afraid that it means shame. Right? Like, if I fail at this business, I'm going to be ashamed to tell my friends and my family that I failed. If I launch a product and no one buys it, I'm going to be ashamed to tell you because then why would you want to work with me if I fail? And lots of studies have looked at that the fear of failure actually, obviously, creates a negative impact on entrepreneurial activity, on becoming an entrepreneur. And this is especially important for us women. Because the pay gap is there and we're not being paid as much, because we're not starting businesses at the same rate, one of the things that is true about women is that women are less confident than men. Statistically, we are less confident. And so we're more afraid to speak our voice, we're more afraid to stand on our power, and we're more afraid to take risks. Now, there is some biology behind that because way back, thousands of years ago, it was the male that went out and did the hunting and the gathering mostly, and it was the women who were more nurturing and take care of the family. And so there is some biology to it, but most of it is really a culturally created norm. And we don't have to live by it. The fear of failure does not have to stop us. In fact, so many of the greats, the people that we admire, have not let failure hold them back have not let fear hold them back. Steve Jobs, may he rest in peace. I mean, he was fired from Apple. He was fired from the very company that he one day took to huge, massive, mega success. Right, and I read this quote. He gave us a commencement speech at Stanford. I read this quote that he said, he didn't see, I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have happened to me. The heaviness of being successful was replaced by the lightness of being a beginner again. It freed me to enter the most creative period of my life. I mean, this is really incredible, right? So so this fear of failure, and I don't know about you, but that is my biggest fear. And this one has been with me since I was a little girl. And was actually just meeting with my Purpose Girl Mastermind, which is a group of my clients who are all working on their purpose-based businesses, and whether that's starting podcasts or going out on their own or you know kicking butt in their in their business as an entrepreneur for their for their company, all based on wanting to make a difference in the world, be bigger, um, be that role model. And I was talking with them, and one of them kept saying that she had this idea. But she's figuring it out, figuring it out. She kept talking about us, figuring it out, figuring it out. And she must have said, I I need to figure it out. I need to figure out those details. I need to figure out those details probably 20 times. And so I said to her, I just want to pause. I've heard you say the words, I need to figure it out so many times. And we ended up laughing because she and I are very similar. I wanted to start this podcast for two years before I did. Because I thought I had to figure it out. And so we wait and we wait and we wait until we have it perfect. And that just means that we're not moving forward, right? There's that great quote that says that perfection gets in the way of progress. And so as you think about what are the things that you say to yourself, if you want to start a business, because starting a business comes down to a couple of things. Number one, the most important thing is your mindset. 
your mindset. Now, it might seem like the most important thing is your knowledge, or you might think that the most important thing is the product that you have. No, 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 no. Because we see lots of people who aren't as knowledgeable, they didn't get their PhDs from Harvard, but they have this amazing mindset. They have this amazing attitude that they are here to serve, that they have something that they wanna offer, and that no matter how many times they fail, they keep going back at it. J.K. Rowling is that person. Now, she has amazing talent. I'm not saying that she doesn't have a talent and a product to sell, she does. But J.K. Rowling was rejected. Harry Potter was rejected by 12 publishers. 12 publishers before she got her chance. Can you imagine what those publishers are thinking now? They're probably kicking themselves. In fact, I was reading about her and when she finally landed a publisher, the publisher said to her, I'll publish this, but don't expect to make any money as an author. Don't expect to make any money. I mean, the Harry Potter series has earned like over $400 million in book sales. You know, one of the movies alone earned $476 million in ticket sales on the opening weekend. Like, she's the first female to become a billionaire author. So she took the risk and it worked out. Now, that was, of course, after a lot of failures on her part, a lot of fear of rejection and a lot of rejection. So in thinking about starting a business, you know, what are those fears that are getting in your way? What is that mindset that is holding you back? I know for me, in the 10 years between the time I wanted to do this work so badly and the time that I actually did it, what held me back, I literally felt like I was pushing against a wall, like, like I was walking through like peanut butter and marshmallow paste because I just couldn't make it happen because I couldn't figure out how. But really underneath that, I was so terribly afraid that you all would reject me. I was so terribly afraid that I would fail, that I would look so stupid for starting something that failed. And I've thought about who was I afraid of that too? Like was I afraid that my parents wouldn't love me anymore because I failed? Was I afraid that the people I was dating, you know, that they would not love me anymore? Was I, who was I afraid of? Was I afraid at my high school reunion of showing up and saying, I tried this thing and it failed? And the answer is probably yes to all those. I think I was afraid that my brother would think I was a failure. He is a lawyer. He has a big business. He's hugely successful. And I think I was afraid of that too. But the biggest thing was I was afraid that I would think I was a loser. And so I want you to really think about this. Whatever your fear is, is it fear of failure? Is it fear of rejection? And who are you afraid, right? It comes down, what the psychologists say, that it comes down to feeling ashamed. So who would you be ashamed in front of? Chances are you'd be ashamed of the person in the mirror because you hold some sort of standard for yourself that you have to knock it out of the park, that it has to be successful. I call this Oprah complex. I used to think I have to be as big as Oprah or there's no point in doing it. Wrong. There's only one Oprah. There's only ever going to be one Oprah. And there are lots of successful people, lots of successful communicators. But we're all gonna be ourselves and maybe one day I'll have the audience she does and maybe I won't. But if I hold myself to the standard that if I don't reach Oprah status, if my podcast doesn't become as big as the Oprah Winfrey show, I am going to feel like a loser every day of my life. And that, my friend, is just way too painful, right? I mean, that is fucking painful. And we are way better than that. And so the number one thing you have to do in order to start a business is not your knowledge. It's not your product. It's not your service. It is your mindset. It is taking a leap on yourself. When I finally decided to do this, and I finally was quitting my corporate job, and I finally was going to go out on my own, my dad said to me, that is the stupidest decision I have ever heard. And I was shaking in my knees. I mean, I am the youngest. I am daddy's little girl. We have all these private jokes between the two of us. And I thought, maybe he's right. I mean, my whole life, I thought maybe he was right. And then some other voice took over, a stronger voice, and I said to myself, I realized the only reason to not do this is if I don't believe in myself. Because if I believe in myself, 
then I'm either A, going to make it happen, or B, if, I, if it doesn't work, I'll go get another marketing job. There are lots of jobs, lots of jobs. So I want you to think that to yourself, what is the mindset you need to adopt, you need to have in order to go after your own business? Do you need to, instead of saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, you have to turn that into, I can. If you are afraid of failure, you have to look at it and you have to ask yourself, what is the mindset you can shift to say, even if I fail, how can I shift that to mean that I learned something, that there is no such thing as failure because every step is along the way. And the most important thing in this mindset is belief in yourself. So with that is to really look at, why do I deserve to believe in myself? What are all the successes I've had? What are all the amazing things about me? What are all the things that people tell me? And do I believe in myself enough that even if I quote unquote fail, even if it doesn't go perfectly, I believe in myself to be resilient and bounce back? Because this is the most important thing. Bill Gates, right? He said, I love this. He said, it's fine to celebrate success, but it is more important to heed the lessons of failure. I didn't even realize this, but his first company was called Trafodata. Trafodata, literally. <laughs> Trafodata failed. Trafodata failed. Bill Gates, his first company failed. And he had several failures at Microsoft. TV shows that didn't go off, etc. But what did he do? He kept learning from it. It's how you approach failure. And this one is so hard for me. It's so hard for me. Honestly, it's why I always have had a coach, someone to support me as I work through the failures. It's why I have my own mastermind group, someone to support me in shifting my mindset, shifting my story around a failure as being a learning. And that is what you need to do too. So number one is this mindset and failure. Number two, really looking at how are you seeing fear? Right? This actually goes with mindset. Are you letting it stop you? Or are you allowing it? Can you allow it to help you rise to the challenge? An amazing researcher, Kelly McGonigal, she talks about stress, right? And she says that stress and excitement are actually very close cousins. They're actually very close emotions. Like physiologically, actually in your brain, neurologically, anxiety and excitement mirror each other. I mean, they have really the same or very similar neurotransmitters and body systems that are activated with anxiety and with excitement. The difference is if you see stress as harmful, if you see stress as harmful as something that's going to really hurt you, then when you feel that stress, your blood vessels constrict and that's what actually leads to cardiovascular issues, to all sorts of challenges and weakens your immune system. It's because of the, the blood vessels that are constricting because you're seeing stress as a problem. But what she and other researchers have found is that if you see that stress as preparing you for greatness, as helping you rise to the challenge, as courage. And you see stress not as a bad thing, but as a good thing, as an opportunity, then your blood vessels don't constrict and you actually get a positive result from stress. So this is super cool, right? So it's really, we can see fear in either way. Instead of focusing on what the stress might mean, like I'm not smart enough to start my own business, no one will hire me, right? And you're trying to, why, 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 why am I stressed? That's actually just gonna cause you harm. She says, instead, focus on the root of the stress. The root of the stress is, huh, I don't quite know how to start a business, so how can I learn? I need to prepare, I need to have someone mentor me, I need to learn from someone who's been there, I need to read books about this. Do you see the difference? And that's how, if you're sitting there in fear, if you've had any of the fears that I've been talking about, you can shift and it makes a huge difference to shifting and seeing whatever fear you have, whatever stress has been coming up for you as an opportunity to rise to the challenge. With that, as you have this different mindset, now you can get into the second part of business, which is, what am I desiring to do in the world? What is my deep, 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 deep desire? What would I love to do? 
What's my purpose? What am I here for? What is the message that I'm here to deliver? Or what's the idea that I have been wanting to get out? And most importantly, who do I want to help? This is so important. I talk about purpose because it really is at the heart of any business. If you're just out there selling a product to make money, it'll, I guess it could do okay. But if you have a higher purpose that you want to serve, that you want to make a difference in people's lives, that you want to really meet a need or help people fill a hole in their life, now you have something. And I know then the stress brain, the fear brain can come back and say, but there are lots of people doing it. No one's going to do it like you because no one has your strengths. No one has your specific talents. No one does it like you. The key is that you come to, you get into your heart, into your soul, and you check in with that calling. What am I here to do? How can I contribute? What is something that would light me up and would benefit other people? This woman who started the Etsy store, the email I got yesterday, she started these positivity bracelets. That's, they're so amazing. I'm going to be giving them away at one of my retreats coming up this summer because they're so adorable. And so she did another brilliant thing, which I'll get to when starting a business, which is to let people know about it. She let me know about it. I'm like, sweet, let's do this at a retreat. So you also then want to look at what is yours to do? And don't worry if there are other people doing it. Stay focused on your lane. But what is yours to do? What do you feel called to do? One of my clients constantly gets questions from people in her industry about how to work in the technology how to, how to, how to, and she loves it. And so she right now will meet with all these people and tell them what to do and share ideas. That is a brilliant business idea right there. And she loves it. She's excited about it and people want it from her. So as you get clear, what is the thing that has been calling you to do? And get clear on your why, why you want it, what it's all about. And then start to play. Start to play with, wouldn't it be amazing if? Wouldn't it be incredible if? Wouldn't it be incredible if you created a product that ended up on Shark Tank and then was sold in Bed Bath & Beyond and was helping millions of people? This is something that we shy away from. When we are in fear or in worry, we tend to think what ifs in the negative, right? What if it fails? What if it goes wrong? What if nobody wants it? What if no investors buy it? Well, let's at least like balance it out with some positive here. Let's go the opposite. What if it's hugely successful? What if millions of people want it? What if I do get on Shark Tank? What if, what will I wear then, <laughs> right? Let's at least balance it out. This is the thing, positive psychology sometimes gets dinged for being happyology. A lot of it is just more accurate thinking. And this is a great tool you can worry your way to the worst case scenario and I say balance it out with the best case scenario because the most likely is somewhere in the middle. So the next thing I want you to do as you're starting a business is to dream big. Dream bigger than you have ever dreamed. Sit with your desires. Wouldn't it be amazing if you wrote a book and you ended up on Super Soul Sunday or whatever the equivalent is for you? Wouldn't it be incredible if you started a golf course and Jack Nicholas? Nicholson, whichever one is the golfer, um, you can tell how much I know about golf, if the big golfer, Tiger Woods, came and played on your course. Wouldn't it be incredible if you started a new line of yoga pants and Lululemon was so excited about it that they wanted to partner with you? Wouldn't it be amazing if you started a gluten-free donut business and you sent one to me and I talked about it on my podcast? Okay, that's a little dream of mine, that someone makes a great gluten-free donut. Right? So dream as big as you can. Dream as big as you can. Sometimes we shy away from this because our fear says, well, that will never happen. But then, right, it's like kind of trying to damper the excitement before we can get too disappointed. But when we do that, then we're never reaching as large as we can. And the brain is this amazing thing. The brain, research shows that there is an 88% overlap between what you think about, like what you envision and what is actually happening. And I'll give you this little thought experiment right now. So I want you to imagine that right now I am with you in your car, in your office, wherever you're listening to this. And I want you to imagine that I'm standing in front of you with a slice of lemon and I hand you the slice of lemon and you can feel it in your hands. And I want you to imagine bringing it up to your nose 
and then close your eyes and bringing it up to your mouth and then taking a big juicy bite of that lemon. And imagine it's the juice just squirting all over your mouth. Your body is probably reacting as if you just took a bite of lemon, right? Maybe you have the sour taste in your mouth. I know I do just talking about it. So our brains really don't know the difference between what we're envisioning and what is true. Like not what is true, but what is quote unquote in this current reality. So this is why this idea of dreaming big, acting as if, visualizing is so important. Gabby Bernstein, who is a self-help author and spiritual guide, who I have read a lot of her work and, and get her like love listening to, she says that the first time she was on, I think it was Super Soul Sunday or one of the opportunities with Oprah, she was sitting next to her and someone had asked, someone said to her, how did it feel to be next to Oprah? Was it like wild and crazy? And she said, no, because I had visualized it so many times that my body actually was used to it. My body was like, oh yeah, well, this is what we do. We sit with Oprah. And so this is super important. Sports psychologists use this idea of visualizing. You can even see it in the Olympics where, you know, the before the skiers go downhill, you can see them kind of moving in their body up at the top of the hill, going down and up and down and up and swerving from side to side, you know, acting out, visualizing the whole course because it's telling the body that we've already done this and we've done it successfully. And when you do that, your brain starts to think of strategies to make it happen because your brain believes that it's done. So this step of starting your business, of dreaming huge, huge, bigger than you even can, is so important. And then this gets me to the last piece. The last piece is having a sacred group of people that will support you and cheerlead you. A group of people that will see you as large as you see yourself. I have a friend right now, we text each other all day long, back and forth. It's so amazing that you are styling for the stars. It is so amazing that you have your own TV show. Oh my God, is, wasn't it easy to have all this beautiful money flow into our lives? Like we text this stuff back and forth. And I texted her today about how awesome it is that, you know, Good Morning America and the Today Show want me on it. And she said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's your topic? And what are you wearing? And right, so she's having me visualize it out. And so the visualizing is so important, as I said, and then having the support system. When I wanted to do this work, I felt like I was alone. I felt like all of my friends were doing the regular thing, going to their regular jobs. And I'm not like dissing it. That's just they were they were doing the nine to five thing. And even though my dad was an entrepreneur, he still wanted me to be doing the regular thing. So I felt like I had no one to connect with, no one to talk to, no one to support me. And I really needed cheerleaders. I needed people who were going to hold me accountable because I had so many deadlines for myself. Oh, I'm gonna write the book then. Oh, I'm gonna launch my business, you know, in six months. Oh, no, no, now it's another six months now. So I needed, and what I needed, the first person, like I had sat with this for so long, made myself so depressed, so miserable, and again, I share that story in the first episode. The first person I needed was a coach. A friend of mine was working with a coach and she's like, oh my God, it's amazing. And he's really holding me accountable and he's pushing me to see bigger. And he's, he sees a vision for me. And I said, sign me up. And then when that coach told me how much he cost, I mean, I almost fell out of my floor. I was like, are you, are you, are you crazy? And then I realized like, I've read all the self-help books. I've, I've listened to things. And if, it's only gotten me so far. So I needed someone, a professional, who had done it himself. So figure out who could be a mentor for you. It's doing work that you want to do. If you want to be a baker, who is a baker who would mentor you? Could you be their apprentice? Could you learn from them? If you want to start a retail or a clothing kind of business where you are making those yoga pants I mentioned, who else has a retail business? And if you don't know anyone, ask your friends who is, who's, who's done it. One of my clients, as we explored what she was really wanting to do, she wanted to start doing work with colleges. So I said, okay, great, let's go out to your network and ask, who do you know who's working with colleges, right? So she didn't have any friends that were doing work with colleges, but her friends had friends so that she could start learning the ropes. I can't tell you how many people have contacted me, women, and said, I wanna do what you do. 
how do I do it? Where we either then have a short conversation or we engage in a longer coaching relationship for me to help them step-by-step step launch their, their great work in the world. So what is it that you're really, really, really wanting? Is it a book? If it's a book, then find a book coach, someone who has written lots of books and is now is helping other people do the same. Find someone who can support you, a mentor, an expert in it, who can guide you. And then number two, who are the people in your life who will be your cheerleaders? When I first met my best friend, I was married to my first husband. I was young. I was in my 20s. <laughs> I was in my first career, which was like so long ago. I was so far from doing this work. I mean, this is almost 20 years ago. And I remember the first time I had this inkling that I wanted to do this, that I wanted to be on the radio, that I wanted to be out there speaking, that I wanted to work with women one-on-one -on -one and in groups and take them on retreats and empower you. I mean, I remember it so clearly. I was like 27 years old and now I'm 43. No, I was younger than 27. I was probably 25. And she and I were walking. We were living in a suburb of Michigan at the time and we were on a walk and we had just gotten to know each other. And I had no one that I felt safe sharing this dream with. And I was so nervous and I said to her, I am, um, I think, I, I think I have this idea. I, I, I think I want to. And I was like hemming and hawing and I finally said, I, I, I want to be on stage that's empowering women. And she said, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. You have to do that. Yes, you'd be amazing at that. You know, here was a woman, I was 25 years old. We had only been friends for like six months or eight months, but something told me that she would be super safe to talk to. And she is still my best friend today. And she is so encouraging of every step of mine, every step along the way. I tell her all the time, you're going to be my Gail. And she's like, I don't want to be on TV. I don't want to be on the radio. But she has been my mirror. She has been my support all the time. And what I'm learning now, what I've learned, right, Brene Brown, who is an incredible author and speaker and um, social worker, PhD social worker, who writes about vulnerability and shame. If you haven't looked at her work, Brene Brown, she talks about that shame likes to hide in dark corners, right? So when you have those ideas and you're not sharing them because you're afraid, you're hiding in a dark corner. But shame can't live when we actually start talking about it. But she says, don't share your excitement. Don't share your big news with everybody because not everyone is worthy of that. Who are the two or three people who will be your biggest cheerleaders, who believe in you no matter what, even when you have a quote-unquote crazy idea or crazy dream. Who are those people who are going to see you and believe in you? And that doesn't mean that they're not also challenging you because they want to challenge you to be your best. But we don't want the people who think that they're challenging and saying, well, how are you going to afford that? Well, what are you going to do about health insurance? No, not those people. Those people are not worthy of your early stage dreams. People who are worthy are the people who say, oh my God, yes, you would be amazing at that. Now, if those people have expertise in what you want to do, amazing. If they don't, understand that you're building your support system and you're going to have different people for different roles, right? One of the best things that I have is a mastermind group of other women entrepreneurs and we hold each other up and show each other, no, this is what you're possible, you're capable of. No, dream bigger. Here are ideas, right? So we're each similar in that we're women entrepreneurs about in the same place as in business. And we believe in each other and hold each other up. So if you can, see if you can form a mastermind group or join one. That's why I created the mastermind of the clients that I have, because I want them to have that experience of other women. Because one of the most amazing things that we know from Kelly McGonigal, this researcher on stress, she says, you know, not everyone sees stress and fear as fight flight. That isn't everyone's response. It's actually research shows more of a masculine response. A feminine response to stress is what is called tend and befriend, right? When women are stressed, we're like, okay, I'm bringing the cupcakes. I'm bringing the wine. Let's talk about it. And this is why it's so particularly important. This is why this piece of my advice about how to start a business is so important because 
women, we need that tending and befriending. That's what the psychologists call it. We need that connection. We need to say, I'm scared. And we need someone else to say, I hear you. I'm holding you. I love you. I believe in you. And above all, that's why I create as many sisterhoods as I do. It's why I take women on retreats. It's why I create the mastermind and my empowered group of women. Because when we have that, we not only feel heard and validated and held, but then we feel like we can really go to the next level. And so that is my final piece here of how to start a business. Is surround yourself. Who are your cheerleaders? Who's going to be your mentor or mentors? Who are the people who you can learn with and learn from? Because you can learn anything. There is so much out there on the internet about how to start a podcast, how to start an Etsy store. I mean, you can get a step-by-step tutorial. But how, and so, you know, the knowledge you may find that the business you want to have, like the business I want to have this one, I wanted to go back and get my degree in positive psychology, right? I wanted to get my master's degree in it. But I could have done this work. There are plenty of people who are speakers and coaches who don't have their master's degree in positive psychology. So I could have done it without it. But I couldn't have done this work without the things that I mentioned to you. One, without believing in myself. Two, without having a large, big, beautiful vision with purpose. And three, without having that support team. Because once I started working with that coach that I mentioned to you, oh my God, I mean, I'll tell you the first couple of sessions, all I did was cry. Cried about what a failure I'd been for not doing it. I cried about why I hadn't started yet. And then he lovingly held me and he showed me, this is who you are, Karen. This is what is so incredible about you. These are your strengths. This is what I'm hearing in your story. Let's craft this and let's craft a plan to go get it. And then every week he held me lovingly accountable to show up with my homework done, (laughs) that I was taking steps forward until I went off to grad school. And then after I graduated from grad school and I started the business, once again, it was like, okay, what do I do? I need some help. I had a couple of cheerleaders. I went to a friend of mine who's a coach and I said, how'd you do it? Help me out. So he and I worked together for a little bit. He helped me develop some of my tools. I couldn't have done that without him. I didn't know what I was doing. And so that's why I'm always working with someone. I'm actually working with two coaches right now. One is a business coach to help me specifically with speaking and really being able to be on more stages to share my work with more people. And the other is a sensuality and sexuality feminine power coach which is both personal and professional, but it's about me getting into my own power. And so, and of course, then I have my mastermind and I have my friends who are my cheerleaders. As women, this is the most critical piece. One of the things that we see so much, whether it is in the carpool line or on the sidelines of the soccer game or in the boardroom, is women not supporting other women. And I'm committed to ending that with sisterhood because the research is super clear that one of the reasons why women are more depressed than men is that we don't have those social networks. We don't have those connections. And yet we know from the research that we need to tend and befriend when we have stress, when we are afraid. And we know that women who have close girlfriends live longer. We know that women who have close girlfriends are healthier. And so combine those ideas together as you are charting the course for your business and ask yourself, who can my mentor be who has been there? Ask yourself, who are my cheerleaders? Ask yourself, who is my board of directors, my support system going to be? And then we do the final step, which is to take a step. Any step will do. I for so long paused, hesitated, hemmed and hawed because I didn't know how to start. You start with one step. One step. Ask for what you want. Someone emailed me today and said, I can't afford one of your retreats, but can I help you create one here in Dubai? Okay, that sounds awesome. Right, so she's taking a step. I had a client who wants to get into this work that I do. She wants to do it for herself, and she saw I was looking for a virtual assistant. She said, can I be your virtual assistant? She said, I I thought about it for a long time. I knew you were hiring, but I was afraid, you know, and then I thought, well, you always teach me to just ask for what I want, so I'm asking for what I want. Ask yourself, what is one first step? 
One of my clients came to me having no idea what she wanted to do. She just knew that she was unhappy in her career and her marriage and everything about her life seemed to be totally wrong. And as we went through the purpose process and we discovered this great desire of hers to help other women, normal, regular, everyday women who also love chips and chocolate and Sonic Burger, help them get healthy, she created a plan to start her own business. And it's been amazing to witness her. She went back to school which was the first thing we realized that she actually needed some education and wanted education in health and nutrition. And then we created a program together where I held a webinar with her and then we got people interested in health and body. And then I, you know, promoted her as the expert in that. And then the next thing you know, she had her first group where she was taking women through a detox and a health program. And then since then she's had many one-on-one clients. She's worked in a clinic um, every weekend, you know, being able to help people with their health. And so it's amazing to see what can happen when you work with someone and we work together one-on-one, but then like, I'm just so passionate about all my clients actually having a a platform and I want to, want to help all of you be able to get your greatness out into the world. So it's been so fun to witness her. You know, I had another client came to me and In the end, we decided that she should stay in her current job, but she needed to shift the role, right? She was in the wrong role in her job because the role that she was in wasn't lighting her up. It wasn't exciting her. And so we worked together on what is it that you want to do? What would light you up? Where in the company can you do this? And then it was like starting her own business within the company because she started to, she'd been afraid at first to go talk to executives and to go make her case and her pitch. But as we worked together on it and she really was able to sit in front of them and present her strengths and what she's here for, then she was able to go for the promotion and switch jobs within the company. So you really can create whatever it is that you're desiring A woman came to me, she was working at a company where I gave a keynote speech and she called me in the middle of the speech or she texted me in the middle of the speech and she said, oh my God, everything you're saying is so aligned. I want to be doing something that is on purpose. And she said to me at the beginning of our working together, I have no idea what I want. I don't know, know what I want to do, but she really did know. She was aching, yearning to do meditation with kids. She just thought, well, that's not really possible. You know, that's maybe too out there. How can you make money doing that? And so very quickly we honed in on this dream of hers. And then we put into action these various steps. We looked at what is the big dream? What's the big purpose? How could this go? What are all of the positive potentials that could be? And then we really looked at what does she need to do in order to make this happen? What are the certifications or who are the people? And she actually had all the certifications. So then we looked in her community and where could she get some mentorship? And so she found a yoga studio that did work with kids and little by little by little, she ended up creating this wonderful business of teaching kids meditation. And of course, working with their parents too. And she didn't even end up needing to leave her other job because this satisfies a piece of her and that satisfies a piece of her. So as you're figuring out what do you want to do, as you're figuring out how you start your business, it can go in a couple of directions. But the key is to really be clear on that purpose. Be clear on that bigger dream, that bigger desire And then surround yourself with the people who are going to help. A woman contacted me that she wanted to join one of my programs. And she was like, oh, I would love to do it, but I just can't afford it. And I totally got it because I have been in that situation so many times myself. The first time I um, spent money, like I mentioned on a coach, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And then I remember as my business was moving along. I was a couple of years out of grad school and someone told me about her business coach and her business coach was charging $7,500 at the time to work with her. I think now she could charge us 12,000 or something crazy. And when she said $7,500, I like seriously, like my mouth dropped. I like spit up my food. I fell over. I was like, is that woman crazy? 
But I realized if I want help, this woman is a seven figure earner. And if I want help, I want to learn from someone who has built a successful business. So I was so shaking in my boots. I was so terrified. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I signed up to work with this woman in the $7,500, you know, program. And I learned so much about how to position myself about how to be confident and about how to start this business. And so I had this woman who contacted me and said, I would really love to join that class, but I cannot afford it. And I said to her, I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. I have so been there and I have myself turned down opportunities that I really, really, really wanted because I just felt like I couldn't figure out the money. And then what I ended up realizing was anytime I have actually worked with someone, I made the money back almost instantly. So right now I'm in this program where I'm working with a feminine empowerment coach who does, um, it's like gets us into our sensuality and sexuality. And when I first heard the price tag of this program, it's $5,000. I was like, is she crazy? No way. And then I was like, wait a minute, do I believe in myself to make that $5,000 back? And so I just set up all these other people who were trying to figure out how to pay for the program. They were going to do a monthly fee. They were trying to figure it out. And I'm just like, I'm putting on my credit card and I'm making the money back next week. It was over a weekend. I'm like, I'm going to make that money back next week. And sure enough, on Monday, boom, two clients and paid for the money back right away. And you might say, well, okay, that's luck. That just happened to you. But I find this every single time. And the reason it works like that is because... If you are listening to your heart, if you are listening to your desire to start a business and you go ahead and you invest the $5,000, it doesn't have to be in a coach, but you invest it in, you know, inventory or you invest it, you are then so passionate and you're saying to the universe, yes, I want this. You're saying to the universe, I am willing to put in the work. You're saying to, you know, energy, money is energy and you know, people are energy. And so you're basically putting energy out that says, I am serious about this and I believe in myself. What then happens in your brain is really remarkable. Neuroscience, right, is you now have said, this is truth, right? I am becoming this. I am making this money back. And so your brain starts working all of its, you know, operating systems up there going, how do we make the money back? How do we make the money back? And for me, it was very practical. I reached out to a few people who had been thinking about working with me. I reached out to a few people who had contacted me and I had lost touch with. And I said, hey, let's get going. And like I said, two of them said yes. And there was that. And it was done, paid for by the Monday. So this is a very real possibility. And so I said to this woman who wanted to join one of my programs, I totally get it. Listen, I have so been there. And my experience, you know, is that when you say yes to yourself, in business, when you are saying yes to yourself, you more quickly will make the money back because A, you're learning new tools. B, you're, you know, in my class, we're going to talk about different tools and hold you accountable and all that. And I'm going to teach you. I'm happy to teach you anything I know. Um, so you're going to learn all of that. But then C, you're going to be motivated. And the most amazing thing happened with her. The first couple of months, she was just in learner mode, right? She was like taking it all in and she used the program to learn about herself, which is first and foremost where we all need to be. Learn about yourself and your own development and you incorporating the tools in order to be your best self. And then by about the third or fourth month, she was like, all right, I'm ready. And just as she was ready, she started to let her former clients who had been marketing clients, she started to let them know that she was now doing life coaching. And they were like, well, yeah, that's what you were doing the whole time in marketing, but thank God you're doing life coaching. I know someone who needs to work with you. And the next thing you know, she fills her whole calendar. Easily paid for the program back. So we have to be able to take a risk. You cannot start a business unless you are willing to take a risk. That is a piece of it. So the risk might be investing in inventory. The risk might be telling people that you're doing this new idea. The risk might be asking for investors, might be asking to be on a radio show. I mean, God, I've taken so many risks to do this. And you cannot start a business without risk. And I get it if you're feeling like you are risk averse. I used to think the same thing, that I was risk averse. There's no way. But it is so rewarding. I mean, what happens when you hide from risk? When you hide from risk, you become small. 
right? You know this has happened to you when, let's say, there's a trip you want to go on. You're like, oh, I can't afford that. And then you become super small and little and you lose your confidence. You feel insecure. You feel unworthy. But when you say, you know what? I want that and I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make it happen. I'm going for it. I believe in myself. And you do it. You have that moment that's like, that excited, nervous, oh my God, feeling it's like all together at once and you're like, holy shit, what did I just do? But that feeling that it's like your heart is open, you're expanded, literally makes it all work out because you are saying to the universe, I believe in myself and I'm taking this risk. And that's why that piece of it is so important. It happens every time. And so with that, I wanna leave you with your purpose power tips. When people ask you what you do for a living, tell them what you want to do for a living. Tell them what you're working toward. Not the old, I work for my dad or whatever you're bored of. Tell them what you want to be doing because you never know who they'll know. Number two, when you see someone who's doing something that you want or you see someone who can help you, ask them. Ask them to be your mentor. Ask them to work with them. Number three, make sure that you have your support system around yourself. And number four, dream bigger than you thought was possible. And that is how to be a woman on purpose. That is how to have a purpose-based business. And that is how to be a freaking badass rock star rocking it out in life. And so with that, it has so been my honor, 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 talking about business with all of you because there are seven and a quarter billion people in the world. So if you're out there saying, I can't, there's not enough people for me to have clients, Bullshit. That's old fear, right? To have a coaching business, you only need 50. If you can't have 50 out of seven and a half billion, of course you can. If you're thinking, I can't come up with the capital to have a gluten-free bakery, bullshit. You just haven't asked enough people. You haven't gotten the right mentor. All of that stuff is bullshit. You can do every bit of your heart's desire. And if you are questioning, if you aren't sure what to do next, I'm so, so, so honored, so excited to do a free 30-minute discovery call with you. Email me, karen at karenrockhine.com. Go on my website, purposegirl.com. Fill out the contact form. Let's talk. We'll talk for 30 minutes about your dream, your desire, your purpose, what you want to do. We'll see if there's a way that I can help or I'll make a suggestion of who can help, what kind of mentor you need. And then you can start rocking it out and move forward. Either you and I will work together, you'll work with someone else, or you'll get a plan to move ahead. So that is so my honor. Contact me for a 30-minute free discovery session. And as usual, if you're like, oh, I'm not ready for a phone call yet. Where do I start? I don't even know my purpose. I don't even know my dreams. Then go on my website, purposegirl.com. There is a free Living on Purpose guide. It is a workbook that takes you through pages of just asking you questions to go deep into yourself and your desires and who you are and what you're all about. And of course, if you're not even ready for that, then go to Facebook, go to Instagram, follow me there at Karen Rockhind. It has so been my honor to share all this information with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Purpose Girl podcast. If you like it, please, please, please write a review, rate it five stars, subscribe, download it, share it with friends. That's how we're going to build a community of women on purpose. And that is my biggest dream is that women around the world are living their happiest, best on purpose lives. And as usual, may you live purposefully, may you love yourself, and may you love life. Bye for now.